that's it. We are live on the internet, which is super exciting. Uh, I am, uh, this is Marianne Downing, and uh, I adore Marianne Downing. Marianne Downing is a fantastic human being, and she's the pool safety mom out of San Diego, and she has been a water safety advocate since the dawn of time, um, since before she was born. No, that's, I mean, like, even before, uh, before you were alive, I think you were somehow championing for water safety. And, and yeah, she's an awesome person. And I wanted to talk to her because of all of the water safety folks I've met, she's probably in my top two. So yeah, fantastic. So how you doing? I'm awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much for thinking about me and coming oh, thank you. in the morning. <laughs> it is very early in California. At six o'clock, time to rock. <laughs> I am sleeping at six o'clock. Um, I, I go to bed really, really late. So okay. six, six a.m. for me is really, really dead, deadly. Um, so if you can, um, do me a favor and tell me your origin story. Uh, where did you come from, and how did you make your way into water safety? Pittsburgh. I'm Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Well, a few miles outside of Pittsburgh, born and raised, and um, I actually got my start in aquatics at. IUP, IUP, Indiana University of Pennsylvania, I'm a proud alumni, and that's a, a college in Pennsylvania. It's a like a, a teacher's college kind of thing. I have a degree in health and physical education, and my specialty was aquatics. My emphasis was in aquatics, and that's where I met folks like um, other uh, alumni are Bob Gorick and Adam Katchmarchi, and the NDPA is now housed at IUP. Yes. So, yeah, at high school, I was a swimmer and um, taught swim lessons and lifeguarded and mm -hmm. went to IUP to, to be a YMCA aquatic director, which I, nice. for, which I was for a very short time in the, oh, geez, decades ago. <laughs> it seems like IUP has been the, the starting place for a lot of people in water safety. It truly was. It, it, we had an aquatic school every summer. But more than that, we had Ralph Johnson, who was the professor who um, really his focus was on drowning prevention and aquatics and uh, being a professional in the aquatics world. Is he, is he are from there? Yeah. Is, is he related to Johnny Johnson at all? No, no. that okay. would be a good one. Maybe they really are. It would yeah. be. Yeah. That would make sense. Um, so why, why is IUP so unique in its water safety curriculum? But why, why is it the cause of so many water safety people? Well, we're Pennsylvania people, first of all, and okay. it's a hard working bunch. And I honestly think that there's this spirit of give back and help the community and, you know, purpose, purposeful life where you interact with others and help them have better lives. I mean, community service. I mean, I was raised by, you know, the Girl Scout leader mom and who volunteered for everything. And I guess I sort of became that, that mom too. So it's a, it's a good thing. But after IUP, um, I did go into aquatics. I worked at the Y for a little while and then um, moved to New Jersey okay. and, and went into, I actually got a different job after about a year or so with the YMCA because that's like one of the hardest jobs ever, plus a 70 mile commute nearly. That was too much for me. Yeah. So yeah, I was the aquatics and fitness director at a Y in the early, in my very early career. Mm -hmm. And um, I actually decided to go into insurance because it was, it was easier. But right. I gave the opportunity to... Um, uh, just volunteer as much as I wanted to anywhere I wanted to. So I worked in insurance for uh, many years, and then I had the worst day ever with a lot of other people uh, in the East Coast on September 11, 2001, and um, saw the plane hit the buildings from my car. I was on my way to work. And wow. Honestly, it was the worst day ever, and it makes your brain very different when you have when something like that happens to you. And and the next day. I was like, well, why am I still alive? What am I supposed to do next? And within a year, I um, got laid off from my insurance job, but got um, some outsourcing kind of help. And I decided to start my own business because I, you get the opportunity to think, well, what am I good at? And what can I do that might be good for other people and, not, and my family, of course. So I decided to start a little company <laughs> called Pool Safety Solutions. And because my idea was I have all this great background in aquatics, I had recently bought a pool, a house with a pool in New Jersey, and I wanted to fill it in with dirt because my kids were five and 10 at the time. But then I went out and I did my homework in water safety to figure out 
well, how can I make my own pool safer? And with all this homework, I thought, oh, i got to share this. My gosh, I found all of this great stuff. Not that it was from New Jersey. It was mostly from California. So I ended up putting a pool safety net on my pool. And while the guys were putting this pool safety net on, I'm thinking, oh, my God, that could be my next business. I could tell people about all these great products that are out there. So I, I did start Pool Safety Solutions, and I became like a rep for uh, pool safety fencing, pool safety nets, um, alarms. I talked about automatic covers, and I would go to people's homes. I was also a WSI at the same time, a Red Cross volunteer, and I would talk about all the things they could do to keep their kids safe, swim lessons, CPR, all of that. That's awesome. That was my pool safety solutions. I thought it was genius at the time. It, it is actually, and um, which is funny actually, I remember, because I remember this and we talked about this a little bit when we were setting this up. Uh, I remember that we competed against each other when you started your business, because you were offering a different brand of offense. Um, but even my dealers- Happy family. Yeah, even my dealers in New Jersey though, um, had great things to say about you. You know, They said that there was a new person selling pool fencing in New Jersey, but she was super nice and she was great. And um, yeah, they really, even even though they were competing with you, uh, they didn't have anything bad to say, which I thought was really cool at the time. Well, we were all in this, in my mind, it was like, it's we're all on one team. We have to talk about pool safety to these right. parents. And I would go in there after your guys would go in there and, you know, here's me, this like crazy mom who's got this idea that people need to do this and take all of these different steps to make their pools safer. And, you know, I hate to say it, but your guys only had a fence at the time. But, and yeah. had this whole menu of, of things. They, some, they most often beat me out because the woman versus man thing 15 years ago, you know, who are you going to trust to drill a hole in your deck? Not that I was drilling holes. Right. Uh, you know, it's funny because I always think now, um, I think I'd rather, I mean, I, both men and women do great jobs, but um, I lean now, if I can find a woman who wants to uh, be a lifesaver somewhere, I, I almost prefer that because I think, you know, they're more relatable to moms and they're usually moms themselves and they approach it from a safety angle more than a drilling a hole in your deck angle. And to, what's that? Thank you for saying that. You're right. Yeah, and and to and to me, it's a a safety thing more than it is a um, fence thing, right? That we're selling safety, not not fencing. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, so. this is 15 years ago, and the world is very different. Sure. And, um, women rule. Just saying. <laughs> they do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, so I've been in um, a lot of homes, maybe more than a thousand homes in um, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania. And then I moved to San Diego in um, 2006. And it's a different culture out here in terms of different rules in who can be a, who can drill holes in your deck, basically. So I couldn't run my business the same way here. So I actually became a rep for, um, uh, for, for Catch a Kid. Mm -hmm. And I uh, did that for a little while and then went back into like the insurance world. And so for the last 10 years, I've been sitting at a desk job. It has nothing to do with pool safety. But again, back to my volunteering. I get to go and volunteer wherever I want to. Wherever I went to. The the folks at Kenja Kid are, are good friends of mine. I talk to them probably two, three times a week. Genius. Uh, uh, Claire and um, Brad. And Brad, thank you. I was going to feel bad for a second. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're good folks. Um, oh, nice. Look. Once, yeah. The, wait, the little guy on the back of one of these pages. Where is he? You know, they have this cute picture of the little kids sitting on the. There they go. I think she's like graduated from college now. So. <laughs> So you, you have two kids, right? You said? I have two daughters, yeah. Two daughters, two awesome. How old are they? Kayla's 25. She teaches seventh grade science. And That's so cool. California. And Madeline is 20. And she's a junior at Cal State Los Angeles in their film and media uh, studies program. And she's awesome. That's really cool. Week, and uh, it was screened in LA. I'm very proud. I'm a very proud mom. What was the documentary on? It was actually about a prison graduate program that Cal State LA has. Oh, it's wow. Beautiful. Send the link. Yeah, beautiful. please do. Yeah, if you send me the link, I'll put it so people can uh, check it out. It's very beautiful. Yeah. Thanks. Awesome. Thanks for having me here today. So we're yeah. going to talk, let's talk about water safety. Yeah, so tell me what you're up to now in water safety. Oh, okay. Right now, I am a volunteer in San Diego. Mm -hmm. I volunteer with Safe Kids San Diego the San Diego County Aquatic Council. 
and uh, recently, very recently, was on a team of folks from California uh, that um, we were behind the Senate Bill 442, which is the California Swimming Pool Safety Act, and that was passed last October. Thank you, Governor. So uh, we work behind the scenes with uh, Senator Josh Newman, who the NDPA gave a Community Lifesaver Award to. So, the- so, so tell me about the law first. Well, what does the law do that's different? So the Senate Bill 442, it's, um, it's, a, it's a law that was based on the original Pool Safety Act from like 20 years ago when you have to have one barrier. And you could pick out of a list of seven different types of barriers. The new law, uh, the new Swimming Pool Safety Act, uh, requires two barriers. So redundant barriers, so it could be an alarm on the, on the door, alarm in the pool, alarm on the door, a removable fence, a permanent fence, a, a cover, ASTM certified cover. Yeah. So there are seven different things you can choose and pick two that work for you. That's that's super cool. And it's the first law, I believe, that actually uses layers of protection, which blows my mind. Exactly. exactly. I mean, yeah. it's super exciting that we finally have a law somewhere in the country that takes the thing that we all know works, right? Everybody agrees that layers of protection is how you stop uh, or make the, the pool as safe as possible uh, for a child. Make lots of things safer with yeah. redundant. Um, like like car, in cars, there's you know airbags and special glass and seat belts mm-hmm. and all of that. There's not just one thing. So redundant, uh, multiple layers of protection. You've been saying it probably all month. <laughs> but these <laughs> I, are I have. barriers. So layers of protection when we talk about water safety could be, you know, watch your kids and you know, swim their lifeguard. These are multiple barriers. So thank you yeah. to Consumer Product Safety Commission for putting all this good stuff together. This do you know, the, go ahead. I was gonna say, do you know, um, allegedly to the best of my knowledge, the, the origin of the phrase layers of protection? Did you make it up? No, I did not. I was um, seven when it came out, uh, oh. but my but my dad did. Oh. Yeah, um, back in 19, so I was five actually, in 1987, um, he was at a meeting with the Consumer Product Safety Commission and the Broward County Health Department and all those folks. Mm-hmm. And it, it was um, both a concept, but also a, a business idea. He was tired of competing with alarms and swim lessons and you know supervision. You know, everybody was kind of arguing which was the best way to keep kids safe, you know, the alarm is best. No, you need lessons that, you know, no, just watch the kid, that, that kind of thing. No. And, and so the idea was, he said, no, you, you do them all, you know, you need layers of protection, you know, the more layers of protection you have, the better. And then he wrote it in a, in a book called, um, swimming, uh, was it swim, uh, pool safety, um, swimming pools, summertime fun, year round danger. And he described the concept of layers of protection and writing for the first time in 1989. And he handed that book out to thousands of people. And that's where the, the term layers of protection came from. Yay, Dad. Yay. Yeah, right? Kind of cool, right? No, wonderful and brilliant and life-saving. So, yeah. Yay. So yay, that's, my, that's my little, uh, my little contribution to water safety. Pressure's on. You're doing right? great. <laughs> so, uh, well, thank you. Um, so the law, yeah, the law, please go ahead. I had never been involved in anything that was so complicated in my life. And I was just behind the scenes volunteer on a task force and we would have these meetings and shout out to Steve Barrow and Nadina Rigsby from California. They were, they spent years on this before I got into the mix, but within the last year, um, it really, it really started to move, and it started to move because uh, not only Senator Newman uh, came into the mix, but also Families United. The stories of Families United went to California after last year's NEPA event in Pittsburgh, my hometown. Um, the the Families United had a panel. So, yeah. so let's back up. So yeah. can you tell everybody uh, about Families United to Prevent Drowning, kind of what their deal is and why they exist and what the story is? Well, you have to get them on your, on your I, I am. I have already. Um, <laughs> Jessica, yeah, yeah, Jessica Curtis and um, I think- Alyssa one, talked 
and, and Alyssa. Yeah, but uh, I would I love anytime we have the opportunity because I know different people watch. So anytime I can get their story out there, I, I try. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. So Families United to Prevent Drowning um, started with with the NDPA, I guess, families, mm -hmm. multiple families, um, especially the Collingsworths, um, would would be at the at the symposiums or the conferences. And there's such power when these families get together and the strength just, you know, built and built. And then Dana Gage had this brilliant idea of, of these flip books. They had renamed it Families United to Prevent Drowning. And their tagline, not one more drowning was presented to all of us, along with all of these beautiful cards that, that tell the story of a child who was lost to drowning. But as importantly, it tells the story of the family and what they're doing now to prevent drowning. And it's, it's so amazingly powerful. And so last year after, after the NDPA symposium, I said, I raised my hand, I'm like, can I have a box of those so that we can send them to the Capitol in Sacramento, California, because we have this law that's hopefully going to be passed. And they were so gracious and wonderful and not only sent the box, but also allowed us to put banners, make banners of California children that were used in press conferences. And we were also able to, speaking of banners, and they're big, they're six foot tall, the banners, and, and the stories are just profoundly moving and influential and inspirational. But back to the law, uh, Steve Barrow from the Unintentional Injury Task Force was able to get um, some kind of art project sort of exhibit, okay, and so we hung, not we, but the task force and Steve hung up six banners outside the governor's office in the Capitol in Sacramento. And I'll send you the link to the pictures. They're really, really beautiful and just so moving. Uh, in the Capitol, you can go on a tour to, the, to go see the governor's office. And so there are tourists just walking by and, and you could tell that they were really moved by what they were reading. So that was a great place for a press conference. And a few weeks or a few days later, there was a press conference down um, down in Southern California where we uh, had the banners again, and and Senator Newman talked about the about the law, and it um, passed in October. It was it was amazing. So is is it in effect right now? It's in effect right now. Yeah. So if you buy a house with a pool, you have to sign off that you have two layers of protection. Um, and is it the inspectors? Are the sort of the police of it? Is it the pool builder who has to facilitate that, or is the homeowner individually responsible for coming up with those layers? I'd like to say both. You know, okay. So the house that already has an existing pool, the homeowner, it's their responsibility. Either way, it's the homeowner's responsibility. So it's Our, because you get to choose what works for you. So it doesn't say everybody has to have a, a pool removable pool safety fence or an automatic pool cover. You can choose the ones that work best for you. So. That that's fantastic. And are, what's that? It's choice. You know, it's yeah. homeowner's choice. Yeah. So are are existing pools grandfathered in under the law? Yes, of course. Yeah. Yeah. They're okay. all they're all grandfathered in, and but it would be when a home changes hands. Gotcha. So and, and you said that's the most complicated thing you've ever done in your life, which is saying something, considering that once upon a time you were a board member of the NDPA, right? Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> For six years, actually. Right. So the reason why the law was so uh, complicated, I really know nothing about legislation at all. And by the time the law from when I, when we really got started in it in February of 2017 to the time that it passed in October of 2017, uh, it had gone through four House committee votes, uh, floor votes, uh, appropriations committee. Fine. It was amazing the number of steps that you have to take. And uh, they would call a meeting and they'd say, we need this. And I'm like, okay, let's see, who do we know that can help us get whatever that thing was? A floor jockey. Who even knows what a floor jockey is? I don't. I don't. It's a political thing. Okay. So call, your, call your congressman and maybe he'll be your floor jockey. <laughs> okay. That's awesome. So, so you want to walk us, you want to walk us through the different options? What, what are the different layers available? Oh, geez. Oh, geez. I'm on the hot seat. Okay. You should probably yeah. 
click on the link to the Consumer Product Safety Commission's Pool Safely Barrier Guide. So, and you can read all about them. And it's the, when we talk about the barriers, these are the barriers between the house and the pool. It doesn't count the fence that goes all the way around that might be attached to your house to keep your neighbor's kids safe. These, would, these barriers are to keep the kids safe that, come in, that you invite to your home. Okay, So it, it could be door alarms, um, removable fencing, permanent fencing, uh, and different types of covers, whether it's a, as long as they're ASTM certified. And there's one other thing, automatic door lock. So sliding glass door. And, and you had you had show and tell. You had a door alarm, right? I just did. What did I do? With it? Here that's, you go. What the, that's what made me think of it. You had all these cool toys, and I wanted to talk about them. Well, you know, moms do show and tell because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this is just a simple door alarm. Thanks to I think Lowe's donated these hundreds, thousands of them, and something as simple as a door alarm that you leave on that you don't scrape off as soon as the inspector leaves. These really. They can be life-saving because you know if somebody's going out towards your pool. So something this simple. There's also, of course, alarms inside the, inside the pool. Now, now those door alarms, um, are those the kind where you have to push the button and you have seven seconds to pass through? Yeah, you have to push the button. It's as yeah. simple as that. You don't need to take it off the door. You leave it there and you push the button because you want your kids to not be able to outwit you. And kids are quite genius, mm -hmm. as you probably have heard through all of your years of doing pool, pool <laughs> Yes. Pool. In many ways, a small child can outwit parents. <laughs> Absolutely. Matter from the garage. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Matter. Yeah, yeah. So, so what else? Show and tell you got. You got the pool alarms. I mean, the door alarms. So, thinking as the pool safety mom, there are right. so many that moms can do and dads can do too that are just so simple and almost free to really build in their families a sense of. You know, we're a water safety family. We're pool safety people. We're pool safety moms and dads. So not only watch your children kind of thing, which is, by the way, impossible. So because life intervenes, but spend time with your kids, get in the water with your kids. And even before you get in the water with your kids, start telling them stories. So they learn. Are you making music to, to go along? With my No, I'm not. Oh, it was an airplane. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, start reading books to the kids. Start reading early so that the kids know uh, that there's pool safety rules and there are things that uh, are very important around the water, like stay with the grown-up and ask permission before you get in the water. What do we? And not only at the pool, but at the beach. Shout out to Don Walsh, Teach the Beach book. He's an amazing lifesaver from New Jersey. I, I've never seen that. I'm gonna have to send you one. Yeah, that's great. I love that. That's really awesome. cool. Yeah, we love Don Wall. She actually won a, a Community Lifesaver Award last year, along with Nicole McNeil from San Diego, who we love. Uh, Community Lifesavers really doing great work on both sides of the country. Yeah, Don's probably on the radio right now talking about water safety in New Jersey. Yeah. Yeah. So along with reading to your kids and keeping your keeping your kids with water safety in mind. One of the things that I'd like to talk about Joshua Collingsworth just for a moment, Josh the Otter, God bless the Collingsworth family. Uh, within a year of young Joshua's drowning in, his, in the backyard pool in Nebraska, his mom and dad, Kathy and Blake Collingsworth, started the Joshua Collingsworth Memorial Foundation. And their work has been nothing short of amazing. And they surely are lifesavers. They've surely saved kids all over the planet at this point. So one of the things that I will never, ever forget Blake saying the very first year that I, that I met him at an NDPA conference, he said that if, if Joshua knew to stay away from the water like he knew to stay away from the road and the stove, if he knew to stay away from the water, it, it might have been different. And I will never, ever forget that. And so that's the part that parents can do. Sometimes parents say, oh, I don't want them to be afraid of the water. Well, you actually do want them to be afraid of the water. You want kids to stay away from the water unless it's time to swim. Right. So it's just so books like Josh the Otter and, and kids take the little pledge to, you know, I promise to be a good son or daughter and get a grown up when I go near the water. Moms and dads, read to your kids. Get your kids to know these little rules. Like they know stop, drop, and roll up for fire, right? My, my daughter said one time, she goes, 
I'm surprised how infrequently I needed to know that. Thanks God. But <laughs> stay away from the water unless you have a grown-up is something that every kid needs to know. More than stop, drop, and roll. So anyhow, start early. So and, and, you know, I know parents are scared of their child becoming um, scared of the water, but, you know, the reality is, you know, they don't end up scared of roads. They don't end up scared of stoves. You know, they do end up cooking when they get older. So, you know, it makes sense that you can instill these, you know, healthy uh, precautionary measures in their minds and they can still go on and interact with these things in a safe, responsible way later on. Completely fine. Exactly. So through the years, when I did my pool safety solutions business as the pool safety mom, I've heard genius um, ideas from moms. So here's a good one. I hope it makes you laugh. So one yeah. year I did a little water safety event kind of thing, and it was like a fill in the blank. Never swim without a. Go ahead. Buddy, oh, buddy, I'm guessing. Yep. Never yep. swim without a. Pick another one. Um, a life vest, a okay. friend, you know, etc. Yeah. So I had this little girl come up to me mm -hmm. and I said, never swim without a, and she said in this cute little voice, bathing suit. I'm like never swim without a bathing suit. We laughed so hard. We thought it was hysterical. It was so funny. There's so much wisdom in that. And I talked to a, a grandmother not long after that. She goes, oh, that's the rule at our house. I'm like, never swim without a bathing suit. <laughs> that's what she did. It was so cute. So never swim without a swimsuit is one of the rules from this genius grandmother, she said, oh, no, no, I have a backyard pool, and the kids know that they can never even get near the pool on the surround, on the three-foot surround, without their swimsuit on, because it is not time to swim unless they have their swimsuits on. She says, I keep the swimsuits up high in the closet on a, on a high shelf so that the kids can't go get their swimsuit and jump in the pool. Um, so just those kind of barriers and boundaries, um, you know, you have to have to have your swimsuit on if you're around the water, three feet around the water. So it's free, simple, and another just great idea of, of parents setting boundaries for their kids. Another great thing that um, the Y and lots of uh, swim, swim instructors will always, always stress is that kids have to ask permission before they go in the water. So, and then they have like a little, a little thing where they'll say, okay, ready, one, two, three, jump. And they have to always say that. So if you're at a pool and you hear somebody behind you saying, one, two, three, you know somebody's, one little kid's going to jump in the water. So, Anyhow, just those little things are free, but you have to um, really stress them. Parents need to know that kind of stuff. Got to be pool safety moms. Where's the hat? Everybody can be a pool safety mom. I love the hat. Thank you. Can people still get the hats? I'll send you a hat. I made them so that when we would go to uh, different water safety events, like April Pool's Day or uh, a Swim for Life Challenge kind of, uh, event we could the moms could wear the hats and then you know as we volunteer for the different kind of booths let's say uh, where we teach CPR or reach throw don't go or how to wear a life jacket so the pool safety moms could be out in full force being volunteers around the pool yeah. I, I love uh, I love reach throw don't go can you explain that real quick oh sure yeah and actually so we do these little um, postcode like it's like a passport kind of thing like you have to go around at a pool at a pool event and you have to do a couple different things. This particular one says, first of all, you have to learn about layers of protection and drain safety. And you get a little check mark. The second one is about adult supervision and water watchers. So you go to the next booth and you get your little water watcher tag. The next one is try on a life vest. You'd be surprised how many kids have now know how to put on a life vest. You can tell when they don't know though, because they start putting them on, you know, inside out and upside down kind of thing. And then we teach them reach, throw, don't go, and then rescue breathing and CPR. So reach, throw, don't go. What does that mean? So this is what we teach kids. So little, not little kids, but, but kids who are, you know, strong enough to um, maybe let's say five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten year old. We don't want those kids jumping in because if you do ask those little kids, well, what would you do if your little brother fell in the pool? We don't want them to say, I'm going to jump in and save them because that's what they first think because they've had, you know, beginner swim lessons and they can kick their feet and, you know, maybe get to the wall themselves. And so they think they can swim and they think that they can save their little brother or sister or whoever. And we, we don't want that to happen. We want, well, first of all, we don't want kids around the pool by themselves, period. So the reach, throw, don't go is um, actually from, from the American Red Cross. For years and years and years, it's 
it's reach, throw, row, go, and that's what lifeguards are supposed to do. But for little kids, we want them to reach or throw, don't go. So if they see somebody in, in trouble in the water, they can start yelling for help, 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 grown up, grown up, mom, mom. They can start, they, if they can't reach for them with, with their hand or a stick or um, something on the pool deck uh, or a kickboard, let's say, they can start throwing things that, that float. And this is not for someone who is a passive drowning victim. This would be somebody who is in trouble in the water, let's say. But we really don't want little kids by themselves at the, water, at, at the pool at all. But we want to keep them safer by keeping them on the deck, reaching and throwing. So it also applies in a boat. Um, not everybody has had life lifeguard training, but little kids, we want to keep them inside the boat. Um, and they can reach and they can throw things, but we don't want little kids to go. So uh, Mario Vittoni recent, recently wrote an article about, well, somebody has to go. And absolutely, somebody has to go. The most trained person needs to go. Or if it's a backyard pool, an adult can go. They can jump in the water. We don't want the little kids jumping in the water. So although there, there are lots of stories about little kids rescuing each other, we don't want to promote that. We want, it, we want adults to be close by, watching the water, and able to intervene if, if possible. So, you know, I always feel torn on our own Facebook um, sharing those stories because on the one hand, they're great stories of you know, one kid saving another and they bring attention to what, you know, they bring attention to water safety and they're a positive story and we don't get a lot of positive stories. So, you know, you try to, you know, put those in the mix so it's not depressing all the time because most of those stories don't end very well. Um, so I'm always apprehensive about, you know, sharing those stories, but, you know, um, but you're right. You know, the idea is that, you know, you're right. Little children should obviously be, you know, getting help, saving a child, or yeah, I love reach, throw, don't go. And so it's, um, you, you talked about the lifeguard version, which I know as well, uh, the, the reach, throw, row, go. And, and that's, that, that's, that's good advice for adults too, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. 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 No, everybody should take a lifeguarding class. Right. Go, go take a class, go take a water safety class. It really is. Uh, you could truly save somebody's life or go get one of your old books. If you took it when you were a teenager or, or young, Stick it in your car and just go go look at it. It's, it's a good advice, or just Google it. <laughs> you can always Google it. So, can we talk about water watcher tags for a minute? Yes, please. Okay, so I I, quite... I, I, I love water watcher tags. <laughs> I do. <laughs> We're going to decorate you in them. You know. Yeah, I should. Them. That's a good idea. <laughs> so, this is this is one from San Diego and the Jasper Ray Foundation. We love them so much. So, one of the things that worries me about water watcher tags is when the parents put them on. The parents are not the water watchers. Well, they're the parents. They're right. supposed to be watching their own kids. So the water watcher is the extra person. It can be me, because my kids are all grown right now. I could be the extra set of eyes where I can watch the water while the parents are interacting one-on-one -on -one with their own kids. So that's just one of the things that I worry about, that when we give these water watcher tags, the parents put them on and go, oh, thanks, I'm going to use this all the time. I'm like, no, you need a water watcher. Never swim alone. That goes for you, too. So an adult with two kids at a pool is alone. Those two kids are not going to be that much help. And I know we're not talking, I'm talking little kids. Nobody should ever, no adult should go with two small children to the pool by themselves. You need a water watcher. That's great. That's my commercial. So um, explain the water watcher concept. So I usually say they should do 15 minute shifts. Do you agree with that? Doesn't matter. 10, 10 15, 15, around there. It, really yeah. it depends on the situation. There are some, you know, people have great ideas about their own pool. Pool owners are very genius. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, sometimes they set up a little chair that's like right in the right spot to watch. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, I need a cup of coffee. Go get a cup of coffee. <laughs> So sometimes they'll put a little chair out right by the edge of the pool and somebody has to sit there and they become the water watcher. They might not have an official tag, but they're the water watcher. They might have a funny hat or that might say lifeguard on it or it might just be the biggest hat in the house. Or they might have a whistle or something, but somebody has to be in that chair if the kids are in the pool, in addition to having their parents with them. And parents, get in the water with the kids. It's so much fun. It's so much fun. Yeah. Awesome. So do you have any more uh, show and tell things for us? Oh, I have like a whole living room full of show and tell. Keep going though. Let's do it. <laughs> so, but back when I ran my company, Pool Safety Solution, this is not a commercial for that. It was just a wonderful part of my life. I started in 2003. And on the back of that card, I have the ABC 
ABCs of drowning prevention. So this is, you know, 15 years ago, we've been saying the same kind of thing, you know, A for adult supervision, assign a water watcher. I was ahead of my time. An adult must be alert, aware, and active uh, within arm's reach and supervise kids and install alarms. How's that for adult supervision? There you go. B was barriers between uh, the children in the water block access to the pool. It would be, right? It is. And C, learn CPR and a create, create a plan to stay calm in a crisis and swim. Teach kids to swim, survive, and everybody learn to swim. Go pool safety mom. I like it. Yeah, that was it's pretty good for 15 years ago. Right. And it is and what's <laughs> awesome is that the you know the information really hasn't changed much. You know, we've been talking about literature protection since yeah. 1989, you know, and the the data's evolved, but you know, it's um you know, we've gotten better, but it's kind of the same message we've been hammering home for 30 years. You know. Don't, don't touch the stove, don't run in the road, and stay away from the water. Right. right? So along with the barriers and the block. One thing that I always talked about that was um, Marsha Kerr, who we love uh, so much, um, mm -hmm. lost her son, Cody. She was sold pool safety fencing for many years and then worked for the Consumer Product Safety Commission. With me. She, she was our, uh, her and her husband were our very first dealer oh, ever. She's wonderful. And I she just is. Met her on Friday too. She was part of the group with us, uh, the Senate Bill 442 of California. She's wonderful. And she and I have talked about the concept of the pool's closed or the pool's open. The pool is open if it's time to swim and you have your swimsuit on and the mom's getting in the pool and you have your water watchers and all of that. But when you're done, close the pool. And that's where fencing and nets and alarms and lock the door tight so that the pool, the whole pool area is closed so that there's no question that no, nobody should be near the pool. Pool's closed. So I, I just think that there's some wisdom in that that, that families can, can really adopt. Pool's closed. Sorry, you can't go in. You, you, know what's, you know what's another one that I've been saying a lot lately, too, is, you know, if you wouldn't own a car without seatbelts, you shouldn't have a pool without pool protection, a pool fence on a net, you know, a cover. Um, I've been saying that constantly because it seems like people get car safety, right? They understand you need airbags, you need seatbelts, you right. need a car seat, right? But, you know, you wouldn't put a kid in a car without a car seat. Um, so if you wouldn't do that, <clears throat> excuse me. If you wouldn't do that, then don't have a pool without a pool fence or something to keep it safe. As many layers of safety as you can um, put on your pool. I totally yeah. agree. It is like a car. It's, it's life-saving. And, sure. and actually, more children um, under five die in pools than in cars. It's actually more dangerous than a car. Yeah, one to four, for sure. Yeah, one to four, yeah. Sure. Yeah, speaking of statistics, I've been tracking statistics since 2003, and one of the things that I did that was really eye-catching, I guess, for a lot of parents was, you know, we always talk about ages one to four. Well, let me tell you, a one-year-old and a four-year-old are two different creatures. Right. They are miles and miles apart. One is wobbly in a diaper, and a four-year-old, you know, can almost, can read, probably read a book. Yeah. So when you look at those ages, what we found out was that the one- and two-year-olds have the absolutely worst numbers of drowning deaths. As an example... I don't, I have somewhere around here, I have more recent information, but this particular year, 161 year olds drown as compared to 45 four year olds. So combining them is, you know, it, maybe it doesn't make all that much sense. I mean, that's the way the world is. That's the way the CDC works in age groups. But when a parent of a very small child who is one or two looks at those numbers they go, oh my gosh, one-year-olds is the absolute worst, and then two-year-olds is, is next, and then it goes down three-year-olds, four-year-olds, you know, and, and it doesn't start to go back up again until the 15 to 18-year-olds. And but they're not drowning in pools; they're actually drowning more in open water. You know, that's um, I always think of that statistic when I hear organizations say that you shouldn't start swim lessons until three, four, or five years old, uh, and I've been hearing that, and it's getting better now. Um, the American Academy of Pediatrics has improved and the messaging has gotten better. But when we first started, they used to say, don't start teaching a child to swim until five years old. Right. And we used to say most kids have drowned by then, you know, yeah. uh, you know, I mean, really, you know, most kids drown at one and two years old. So if you wait till That's five, right. you, you probably are too late. That's right. That's right. No, it's never too late to learn to swim. No, I mean, it's too late. I didn't mean too late for that, but it's it's too late for a lot of the children that, that, that drown at one and two. 
Yeah. yeah. The one and two year olds and God bless all the people that are taking their kids to swim lessons. Don't put all your eggs in that basket. There's right. Layers of protection. If that's one of them, that's okay. But it's not the only one. Keep your kids away from the water. And I might be slightly critical, but it's the perfect solution. When you go to the nice warm pool and you have a loving um, instructor with you and your child's in their swim diaper and it's, like I said, the water's warm. It's a very different world than if you're outside on your, and your little guy is outside riding his tricycle around the back, the grandma's pool and rides his bicycle into the, his tricycle into the pool. Do they even have tricycles anymore? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> I feel like the pool safety grandma. I'm not, <laughs> I'm getting up there. So, but yeah, it can't be, it, it has to be perfect to fall in 90 degree water in your swim diaper is very different than falling into 65 degree water with your clothes and shoes on. And, and I know that some of the survival groups do practice the kids with their, with their clothes on, and that's genius. But we can't put, use that as, well, my kid has taken these lessons. So keep your kids away from the water. If, if it's not swim time, the pool's closed. Close the pool. I like Close it. Party too. Leave that pool fit, fence up. It's a beautiful thing. Pool fencing is beautiful. We have to get people to start saying that. You know, I, I think, and I'm biased, but I really, really, truly do think that a pool looks better with a pool fence. It's beautiful. It, it is. looks a little yeah. naked without a pool fence. It does. It looks weird without it, right? <laughs> I, I, I really think that, you know. Yeah. And, and again, my, my uh, perception might be skewed, but um, yeah. I've, just, I've, just seen, I've just seen so many pools with pool fences that when I see it, beautiful pool fences, exactly, um, that when I see it without it, it looks strange. There's something wrong. If you see a pool with a, I don't even want to say handmade, do it yourself, but if you see somebody rig stuff up, like, let's go get the lawn chairs and make a pool fence to keep the kids away from the pool, or let's get the doggy doors, or let's get the trash cans, right. that's hideous. A pool fence is a beautiful thing compared yeah. to, like, the lawn chairs laying on their sides to keep the kids away from the pool. <laughs> so, come on, people, get real. Right. <laughs> real Fantastic. Thing. Yeah. Yep. It is there anything else that you want folks to know? There is so much good stuff out there. So we, I told you about the ABCDs. Right. Adult supervision, barriers, classes like CPR and swim classes. And so the messaging is really important. And more messages are better. Not just a list of do this, don't do that, do this, don't do that. But let's try to get people thinking in, in a, a better way that, so that they can get a more comprehensive approach to pool safety. And so thanks to Johnny Johnson and the safer three. And I think Alyssa talked about this, that all water has risk. And the risk is always in three categories and you can try to maintain or, or improve your risk in these categories. So again, all water has risk, any kind of water, backyard water, bathtub water, the ocean, doesn't matter. Um, and families have to figure out, well, what's my risk? And my own risk is based on my family and, and the, the circumstances. Is it freezing cold? Are there sharks? That's an exaggeration. Are there rip currents? Um, are my kids 25 and 20 or are they two and five? So every parent has to figure out, well, what's my risk? And so Johnny Johnson has, has come up with the safer three and where he puts the, the three categories. Every drowning has three different categories. It has a child or a victim or a person. It has uh, the water, of course, and then it has a response. So if we can start to think how to make the kids safer, the water safer, and the response safer. I, th I think that that message, just there's so much value in just um, taking that on. That's a, it's just a comprehensive message. So if you can share that in your world, that'd be great. So let's make the water safer and the kids safer and a safer response. So, and let's talk about safer response. Sound good? Please. Okay. So, and I have Johnny's water safety checklist. I love it. Yeah, at home, at the pool, and around the home. And if you go to safer3.org, I'm sure you can download that. Or Stop Drowning Now is the foundation's name. But under Safer Response, here's a good one. And so this is a quiz. It says, I know that if my child is missing, I should always check the pool first. Check. And it says, survival depends on how quick, uh, on a quick rescue and restarting breathing as soon as possible. So speaking of breathing, you know, there's a, CPR is a life-saving skill. Uh, it's, it's something that everybody needs to know. And we talk about kids and drowning. 
the breathing part of CPR is incredibly important. It's so important that you can actually start breathing. If you jump in the water and have a child in your arms, you can start breathing in the water because your child has stopped breathing. If they're drowning, they've stopped breathing. And you need to get air back to their brain. So the second um, question on the safer response quiz is, our family members have up-to-date CPR and first aid skills. And again, with rescue breathing. Um, and you don't have to show me your card. If I need CPR, you don't have to show me your card. Um, I'd like to have breathing in compressions. Uh, the next note is about a first aid kit. Um, the next item is about emergency phone numbers should be posted. Uh, and a lot of pools, like the pool, you can't see it behind me, I live in a condo complex. The pool behind me has um, the address of the pool on the signage out there. And that's another thing that people need to be aware of. Somewhere you should have your address as well as a phone number. Um, at the backyard pool. Emergency phone numbers have been programmed into each adult's phone. That's even better, right? And then the next one is, I know how to use the rescue equipment located in the pool area. And if you're at a public pool here in California, probably all across the country, there's a, you'll have a long stick with a hook on the end of it, shepherd's hook or a life, life hook, that would reach halfway to the center. It would reach to the center of the pool. And that's something good that you can, you know, don't jump in the freezing cold water. Use that life hook if you have to, um, if you're not a lifeguard, if, you're, if you can't swim, if you can't stand up in the water. Um, and the next one is, my babysitter child care provider knows the rules for the pool and is CPR certified. So those are good, safer response um, tidbits. So. Those are, and, and the response side doesn't get as much attention as the other two. So I'm glad that we talked about that. Yeah, thank you. I do have my CPR mannequin baby over here. That's, Horrifying, right? Yeah, I was going to say, that is not creepy at all. No, I know. Well, that's why it's less creepy in the life vest, if you can believe that. <laughs> I'll take your word for it. Yeah, but everybody should learn CPR with rescue breathing. Yes. For kids, yeah, for kids and and drowning folks. I've heard uh, I've heard Bob Pratt talk a lot about uh, CPR classes that don't include the breathing, and uh, he is a passionate advocate that the uh, the are an important part of any CPR session. He probably says something like that kind of CPR with no breathing. That's for the big fat guys that collapse at the mall. Right. So it's not for kids. Kids need breathing all the time, not just drowning. They need kids need rescue breathing. Yeah. For sure. Awesome. What else do you want to talk about? Um, I think we could be good. I, you've, oh, you want to talk about Josh Sauter? We can talk about anything. We've got, you know, another eight minutes toward an hour. And I try to do it for 30 to 60 minutes yeah, so I don't bore people to death. I, I told my husband, like, we always should talk for 15 minutes because nobody's going to listen to this. <laughs> you have all those great clips that you'll, you'll, you'll snip it down and you'll have a 30-second a something. Right. Like and, but, you know, someone out there, and believe it or not, people do actually watch the entire things. Um, Folks, God bless you all. Pool safety. Yeah. Pool safety. safety. Water safety. Yeah. I'm a giant fan. And I'm a fan of water safety. I'm a giant fan of you. And we have, you know, nine, no, 10 more days, right, of water of uh, water safety months. Mm -hmm. So yes. so what so what are you what are you gonna do for the last 10 days of water safety months? I'm gonna go teach some more people how to swim. I'm teaching adult swim lessons. Mm -hmm. I recently was certified by the US Masters uh, swimming organization, and I am a certified adult learn to swim instructor. And I'm having so much fun with adults who, on their bucket list, they wanted learn to swim to be checked off. So it, it's just been really rewarding and wonderful. And hopefully that will help these, these, both, these parents, these moms, um, get into the water with their kids and have more fun in the water and a safer family. Yeah, so that's some of the things that I'm doing. Um, I'm going to be taking Josh the Otter out and about. Uh, he's been a lot of places in San Diego, including to the zoo and lots of water safety events at April Pools Days. Uh, he went to America on Main Street in El Cajon the other day. He was at the hospital. He's been to church. God bless Josh the Otter. Um, and, and the Collingsworth family is just so wonderful in sharing their son Joshua with, with the world at this point. And, and the book is so charming, and the sentiments just are so sweet. And it's so easy. It's such a great icebreaker. If I hold up Josh the Otter, people want to know, what is that? Tell me about that. Uh, read the story. And, and, it's, and it's just become so easy and wonderful. It's just such a great part of every water safety event that, that I go to now. So Josh the Otter. And you're on the board of um, the Collingsworth Foundation, right? 
Man, yep. And there's fun things. Puppet seat. Water safety is so much fun. Bath time's fun with Josh the Otter floating I, I love their flo uh, floating bath toy. That's him right there. I, I know. That's, I love that thing. That thing is so cool. It's very cool. And um, I should make a video of that. But, yeah, it's kind of neat because you drop it in the water and it flips on its back, which I think is it's awesome. I love that. We want kids to be able to do that, flip on their back. Right. Yeah. 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 So you can't see this at my table, but uh, I did get an award from the Joshua Collins. Oh. In 2014, I was their water safety advocate. And then in 2017, the San Diego County Recreation Department called me their Aquatic Safety Volunteer of the Year. And I recently got the, the Ripple Award from the NDPA. So I guess I've just rippled on you, Eric. So <laughs> yeah. Go and share some more water safety. And you've rippled widely yourself. So Well, thank you. Much. Yeah. So what I appreciate else? It. That's the last question of the day. Last question of the day. If a mom or a dad could do one thing to make their child safe, what would you have them do? Oh, I'd have them think safer. Think about the water and the risk and all of the things that they need to do to keep their child safer because it's not one thing. The thinking is the one thing. Think to make the water safer, the kids safer, and a safer response. And, and just keep on loving your kids and keeping them safe. And uh, that's the one thing. Yeah, think safer and love I, lo I love it. I appreciate it. That's so good. Thanks, Eric. You're Thank awesome. you, Mary. You are awesome. Come to your uh, billiards room. <laughs> yeah, my, my terribly, um, all of our podcasting film equipment has ended up on my pool table. So that's what you're looking at. But uh, yeah. Pool safety. Pool safety. <laughs> it's funny. We, uh, we, we play Jeopardy every day in the office and we film it. And every episode... Two o'clock, exactly. And uh, every episode ends with us saying, uh, pool safety, pool fence, pool safety, poolfence.com. You know, yeah. but, uh, very well, good. I'm going to go for a walk over here, and you can see some of the things that inspire me. Yeah. In house. Can you see this? I can see a lot of things. Yeah. Well, I don't want you to see everything, but. No. Well, oh, yeah. Yeah. So these people are, have been so wonderful to share their stories, the families united to prevent drowning and, and. God bless them and keep on telling the stories. So Bill, Bill O'Melia is going to come over um, in a couple weeks. He'll stay here at my house and tell Drennan's story in San Diego um, to about 400 lifeguards. So and Paul DeMello has been here and told the story of his kids uh, to those same lifeguards. So I, I just thank them so much for all that they have done. So, and that's how I can sign out, I guess. So, Thank Perfect. You. Thank you all for so much. Thank you, Eric, for what you're doing. Thanks, Marianne. Right. God bless you, honey. Talk to God you soon. God bless you. Thanks Bye. so much. Bye-bye.